Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. (laughs) I'll say it. I'm grateful. I am grateful. I am grateful for the community of listeners, the ones I get to speak with. It's such a blessing, such a blessing for those who show up in our classes and programs and participate. I get to know them. It just is such a blessing. Oh my goodness. It is, it is. Hmm. So, my name is Jennifer Hadley. We're talking about A Course in Miracles, and we're talking about choosing heaven. Uh, recently, I, I did an episode with Cindy Laura Renard, and she was talking about heaven is now. And uh, I was talking with a friend about Lesson 138, Heaven is the Decision I Must Make. And it came to me very clearly, ah, uh, yes, choosing heaven. Let's, let's see what Spirit has to say about that through me, through us. So let's begin with a prayer and a blessing. So grateful to place my hands on my heart and wholeheartedly partner up with that higher Holy Spirit self. So grateful to open ourselves to insight, inspiration, intuition, dynamic goodness flowing freely all of the time. We are grateful and thankful to recognize that the kingdom is perfectly united and perfectly protected and the ego will not prevail against it. We are grateful to open ourselves to the unity of all life and awareness of the the oneness and we're consciously sharing the benefits of our healing and our expansion with everyone because we are one with them. So grateful, so thankful to let it be to have a healing, to make this healing choice. Mm, So grateful to release the blocks to love and invite the clear insight. We're choosing heaven today. And so it is. Amen. 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 Yes. Yes, yes. Ah. So very grateful. All right. So diving right in here. Oh, I will make one quick announcement because I keep forgetting to make it. We have at livingacourseofmiracles.com, we have a wonderful community of people that we call Miracle Circles that meet on a weekly basis to discuss living a course in miracles. Miracle Circles that discuss living A Course in Miracles. And they are facilitated by trained facilitators. And you have to apply to join one. We have them in different days at different times. And so when we have the next opening for Miracle Circles, if you have an application in, we'll let you know. And you can choose uh, one of the circles to join. Uh, They don't last continuously, So they last for a time, and people have loved them, really loved them. There's no charge for them. So go to livingacourseofmiracles.com. You can find it under resources, or you can go to livingacourseofmiracles.com slash circles. There you go. All right. Heaven is a decision I must make, and we are choosing heaven. Uh, Sometimes there's a lot of conversation about choice, 
And do we actually have choices? Uh, Is the script already written without choices or with choices? So let's look at what it says here. Lesson 138. In this world, heaven is a choice. Because here, we believe there are alternatives to choose between. It's one of the funky things about this experience. We have a belief that there's a choice, therefore heaven is a choice. We think that all things have an opposite in what we want, we choose. If heaven exists, there must be hell as well. For contradiction is the way we make what we perceive and what we think is real. So, in the text, we are taught that that which is created is created by God. We're part of God, so we can also create. In this world, operating from ego consciousness, we make things. So, if heaven exists, there must be hell as well. For contradiction is the way we make what we perceive and what we think is real. Now, our perceptions are not real. They are our interpretations based on our history. That's why we're told in the Course, all we see is the past because we're looking through the lens of the past. And everything that we see that's upsetting is something we're viewing through the lens of the past. Now, uh, I think there's something else important in this first paragraph here. We think all things have an opposite, and what we want, we choose. So do all things have an opposite? We think that it does. But does love actually have an opposite if love is all there is? Love is all there is. It has no opposite. But we can perceive that it has an opposite, like hatred. Then he says, and this to me is is super important, what we want, we choose. So... I, I have said, and said it recently, we don't get what we want, we get what we are. So it's, it's like what we're thinking about, what our perceptions are, what our projections are. That's what we get. We think we want peace, but that's not what we're choosing. We want what we choose, we choose what we want. We say we want the peace of God, but if we're not choosing that... Do we actually want it? For me, coming correct with myself about that and saying to myself throughout my day when I was distressed, ah, I say I want the peace of God, but that's not what I'm choosing right now. I'm choosing these perceptions, these projections, these beliefs, So I must not want the peace of God because these thoughts are upsetting to me. If heaven exists, there must be a hell as well, for contradiction is the way we make what we perceive and what we think is real. Creation knows no opposite. So we could say this about love too. Love knows no opposite. But here in this experience of this world, is opposition part of being real in quotes? Real is in quotes, so not real. We think it's real, but it's not real. See, he writes these things in this way to make us really deeply think about it. And for me, that's helpful. I find it helpful. It is this strange perception of the truth that makes the choice of heaven seem to be the same as the relinquishment of hell. It is the strange perception that opposition is part of what's real here in this world. This 
That is the strange perception that what um, we perceive as real in this world is that heaven has opposites, love has opposites, creation has opposites. That's the perception that these things have opposites, and that's real in this world, but it's not actually real. It's part of the illusion. It is this strange perception of the truth that makes the choice of heaven seem to be the same as the relinquishment of hell. So think about that for a moment. Let's look at that. The choice for heaven and the relinquishment of hell. In this world, he's saying, in in our misguided perception, we think that the choice for heaven is the same as the relinquishment of hell. So just feel that for a second. Feel yourself choosing heaven, choosing love, choosing peace. Just feeling that, choosing peace, choosing love. All right, now shifting modes, think about this for a moment. Relinquishing of hell, relinquishment of hell. So if you consider something that has got you upset and bothered and irritated, relinquishing that, what does that feel like? Excellent. So he's saying that we have the perception that choosing heaven is the same as the relinquishment of hell. He says it is not really thus. Yet what is true in God's creation cannot enter here unless it is reflected in some form the world can understand. What is true in God's creation cannot enter here until it is reflected in some form the world can understand. Truth cannot come where it could only be perceived with fear. So, for instance, if it frightened us to think that we're one with everyone, truth cannot come into our awareness. If the idea of being one with someone you despise or someone you think is despicable or someone you should think it should be tortured, if the true understanding of what, that we are one with everyone would frighten us, then truth cannot enter into our consciousness. And here's what he says about it. For this would be the error truth can be brought to illusions. So truth cannot come where it could only be perceived with fear, because, for this would be the error truth can be brought to illusions. So it, we're not bringing truth to the illusion. We're bringing the illusion to the truth. We're not bringing the light to the darkness. We're bringing the darkness to the light. Opposition makes the truth unwelcome. And it cannot come. This is so critical for us to understand about why we don't just choose heaven all the time. It's because the truth is unwelcome. Oneness of all life is unwelcome. Relinquishing our attack thoughts is unwelcome. Relinquishing the guilt the resentment, the regret, the hurt is unwelcome. We're holding on to these things. We know we're holding on to them. And that may be lessening. I mean, it's surely lessened for me, but I still discover things that feel hidden in my consciousness on a regular basis that I can release to the light. So I'm, I'm sure that's true for you too. So it's helpful to understand why it seems as though there are these difficulties just awakening. Why can't it be easier to awaken? It's because Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the universe, life, God, 
Mother, Father, God, whatever we would like to call it, higher Holy Spirit self, the company of heaven, the angels, none of that can force us awake. Even if we're begging for it, if we're not choosing it, then it's not going to happen. So this is why our willingness is the only requirement. It's the only requirement. Nothing else. Opposition makes the truth unwelcome and it cannot come. I was talking about this recently that uh, if the truth is looked upon with fear, it won't be available to us. Not because we're bad, not because we're unworthy, but simply because it would frighten us. He says, choice is the obvious escape from what appears as opposites. Decision lets one of conflicting goals become the aim of effort and expenditure of time. So when we are in this place of thinking that there are opposites, that's when choice becomes our escape. And our decision, remember we talk about the rules for decision, so valuable, so helpful, so important. The decisions that we make allow ourselves to see these choice, the choice for heaven, the choice for hell. Without decision, time is but a waste and effort dissipated. So he's telling us making decisions is going to be the best use of our time. Without decision, time is but a waste and effort dissipated. It is spent for nothing in return, and time goes by without results. So for many years, I felt like I just wasn't having a lot of results. And I can see that I go through periods in my life as a spiritual student, because I've been doing this a long time, I go through periods in my life where I am kind of maintaining a status quo and deepening for sure. But I could make more choices for love. I could make more choices for peace. And I was in that place for a long time. And now I'm much more vigilant. Why? Because I, I feel, viscerally feel the emotionally feel, mentally feel, physically feel the benefits of making the loving choices. And so I also recognize the difficulties that I create for myself when I make unloving choices. So this, without decision, time is but a waste. And our efforts dissipated. Our efforts are basically not worth much. It is spent for nothing in return, and time goes by without results. There's no sense of gain, for nothing is accomplished, nothing learned. Now, hear this, because I feel it's absolutely critical. When all we're doing is studying spiritual information without the practical application then we are not experiencing the breakthroughs, the healing, the transformation. On a very regular basis in my programs like Masterful Living and Finding Freedom, we've got the upcoming Change Your Mind About Your Body that starts May 29th. You can get in there at any point. You can join us at any point, but why not join us before it begins? Uh, We've got 15 Course in Miracles teachers who are offering classes. Uh, It's going to be just so good. Can't wait for it. But anyway, um, 
in my programs, we are actively working these principles. And that's why I hear from people uh, almost on a daily basis about the... uh, Actually, I do hear on a daily basis, as long as I tune in. (laughs) Sometimes I kind of go off all media and forms of connection, just, you know, be in the stillness. But as long as I'm tuned into the community... I am consistently seeing every day people sharing their breakthroughs as a result of living A Course of Miracles, which is not the same as studying it. That's why we're doing these miracle circles, so that people can talk about living the course. Uh, But the, the programs are getting together and working it together, and that is very, very productive particularly in the release of fear, anxiety, improving relationships, self-esteem, these kinds of things. It's amazing how quickly it works. Right now, um, this is mid-May, so I'm talking with folks who've been in Masterful Living uh, since the beginning of the year, and they're telling me about their breakthroughs over and over again, and it's wonderful. So, This is the thing. If we're just studying information, just listening to audios and podcasts and and videos and reading books and all of that, that's good because it does inspire us to practice. But if we're not actively practicing, then it doesn't work. And we all have resistance to the active practice until we realize how beneficial it is. So, he says here, you need to be reminded that you think a thousand choices are confronting you when there is really only one choice to make. Yes, we need to be reminded about that. I for sure needed to be reminded, and it was so helpful to be reminded. Here we go. You need to be reminded that you think a thousand choices are confronting you when there is really only one choice to make. And even this but seems to be a choice. Do not confuse yourself with all the doubts that seem that myriad decisions would induce. You make but one. And when that one is made, you will perceive it was no choice at all. For truth is true, and nothing else is true. Truth is true, and nothing else is true. There is no opposite to choose instead. There is no contradiction to the truth. So what he's saying here is, everything that seems like an opposite choice, or a variation Only truth is true. Only truth is an actual choice. So we aren't actually choosing anything else. It's an illusion. Because there is, in actuality, in our true reality, there is no other choice. Just heaven, just truth, just love, just light. Truth is true, and nothing else is true. Choosing depends on learning, and the truth cannot be learned. So again, we're lesson 138 here. We're in paragraph 5 now. Choosing depends on learning, and the truth cannot be learned, but only recognized. So we talk about learning all the time, don't we? Of course we do. That's how it seems. But in actuality, what we're doing is we're remembering. We're recognizing the truth. We're not learning. We're recognizing the truth. And I am so grateful that that is true. And that is so. (laughs) So grateful. Yes. So very grateful. Mm. So, choosing depends on learning, and the truth cannot be learned, but only recognized. In recognition, its acceptance lies. And as it is accepted, 
it is known. So I am willing to accept the truth. I am interested in the truth. One of the ways that I've trained myself is if I'm upset, must not be the truth. Must be a perception, must be a projection, must be an opinion, must be an interpretation, must be the meaning that I've given it. I'm looking through an old lens and I can choose to let that go. All I have to do is be willing. All I have to do is be willing. Heaven is the only real choice there is. Heaven is what we are now and forever. And I feel so blessed by that. Yes, 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 yes. It's coming up to time for me to take a break here. And so let me just remind you, we have wonderful classes coming up with Karen J. Gardner. We have the Change Your Mind About the Body five-month program that begins May 29th with folks like Gary Renard and Cindy Renard and um, Bill Free and Lisa Natoli and Corinne Zupko and, of course, myself and Karen J. and many others. Lots and lots of great things happening this year. Oh, and a free forgiveness workshop tomorrow if you listen to this the day that I publish it. <laughs> we have free forgiveness workshops all the time. Find out all the details on the events page at jenniferhadley.com. Don't go away. I'll be right back. We're talking about A Course in Miracles. And you're listening to Jennifer Hadley. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. We are talking about choosing heaven. And heaven is a decision I must make. It is the decision I must make. Lesson 138. And we're talking about choosing depends upon learning. Jesus says, the truth cannot be learned but only recognized. So to me, that's a great relief. Think about that. Because if we had to learn things the way we conceive of learning, rather than it being a recognition, if we had to learn things, then we would be in a position where I'm a good learner, I'm a bad learner, I'm a slow learner. Um, I have said in the past, uh, I felt like a slow learner. I felt like a fake because I was studying spiritual books and taking spiritual classes and all of these things for years and years and years. And still, I wasn't in that active practice of living things. Uh, I definitely was becoming more my true self, but it was slow. It was slow. And so I really relate to what he was saying earlier that we talked about before about uh, without decision, time is but a waste because I, I wasn't really all in. Once I made that decision to go all in and make this the most important part of my life, everything else changed. And here's the thing, when we think about it, making the decision that, and having the recognition that nothing else really mattered other than my spiritual awakening. Because if we think other things matter, we're 100% in misperception. So now I'm going to explain that because, of course, my, my cat just came in and sat beside me, and he matters. 
you know, and taking care of him matters. However, in this world, everything is an illusion. And what's real is our identity, our true identity, the Christ. So giving that my full attention throughout my days, that the best way I know to wake up is not to sit in a cave and meditate, but to go through your day and address every misperception, every projection, to be intensely challenged all the time. But continuing to choose heaven, to choose heaven, to choose heaven, continuing to say, I'm interested in the truth. The truth is being revealed here. I only care about the truth. The truth is my medicine. The truth is my abundance. The truth is my clarity. The truth is my harmony. The truth is my freedom. The truth is my vocation. The truth is my life and being. I'm going to value the truth above all else. We don't value the truth enough. We value other things more. And so for me, going all in meant I am from this point forward, I am going to make the number one thing, valuing the truth, valuing being loving, being willing to be loving, to be compassionate. And so, of course, there have been many times since then when I wasn't so willing to be loving, to be compassionate. But then I would realize it a moment later, a minute later, an hour later, and I would come back to myself because I had made this decision to be all in, all in for God. So... He says here, choosing depends on learning, and the truth cannot be learned, but only recognized. In recognition, its acceptance lies. So we recognize what the truth is, that it's our true reality. It's the letting go of everything that's false. The truth is our healer. It's our, our I want to say it's our lover, it's our friend. When we choose to value the truth, we are redeemed. We are redeemed in our own mind, in our own awareness of ourselves. In recognition of the truth, its acceptance lies. And it is accepted. And as it is accepted, it is known. So we accept that the truth is not our opinion. The truth is not our judgment. The truth is not our perception. And as we accept what the truth is and that the truth exists and the illusions do not, then it's known. It's known to us. It's remembered. It's recognized. He says, but knowledge is beyond the goals we seek to teach within the framework of this course. Ours are teaching goals to be attained through learning how to reach them and what they are and what they offer you. Decisions are the outcome of your learning, for they rest on what you have accepted as the truth of what you are and what your needs must be. So I am willing to accept the truth of what I am. Decisions are the outcome of your learning, for they rest on what you've accepted as the truth of what you are and what your needs must be. So for me, coming to this recognition of my need for the truth, my need to release my attachment to illusions and delusions and misperceptions, projections, opinions, judgments, interpretations. In this insanely complicated world, Heaven appears to take the form of choice rather than merely being what it is. It's all there is. Heaven is all there is. But in this illusion, it seems like a choice. Of all the choices you have tried to make, this is the simplest, most definitive, 
and prototype of all the rest, the one which settles all decisions. When I was in the Agape Choir, we sang uh, a chant, um, and I'm sure you can find it on YouTube or on um, any place where you get music. Uh, I'm choosing heaven today. That was the chant. I'm choosing heaven today. I haven't sung it in <laughs> at least oh, probably 15 years. But um, I think of that uh, very often. I'm choosing heaven today. Heaven is a choice. I'm choosing heaven today. I'm choosing joy today. I'm choosing love today. Uh, I'm interested in walking in this field of love Awake, aware, choosing heaven. Because when I choose heaven, then no matter what anybody else offers me, I can offer them heaven. They could offer me a big bowl of noxious upset, and I can offer them heaven. Because heaven is what I'm interested in. And I like living that way. Of all the choices you have tried to make, this is the simplest, most definitive, and prototype of all the rest, the one which settles all decisions. If you could decide the rest, this one remains unsolved. But when you solve this one, the others are resolved with it. For all decisions but conceal this one, by taking different forms. So it seems like there's a myriad of choices, but there's only one choice that's real, and that's heaven. That's love. All the other choices aren't actually choices because they are not real. And if we choose that which is real, then our attraction and attachment to the false it dissolves. It resolves. Here is the final and the only choice in which is truth accepted or denied. So we begin today considering the choice that time was made to help us make. Such is its holy purpose, now transformed from the intent you gave it, that it be a means for demonstrating hell is real, Hope changes to despair, and life itself must end, must in the end be overcome by death. In death alone are opposites resolved, for ending opposition is to die. And thus salvation must be seen as death, for life is seen as conflict. To resolve the conflict is to end your life as well. These mad beliefs can gain unconscious hold of great intensity and grip the mind with terror and anxiety so strong that it will not relinquish its ideas about its own protection. It must be saved from salvation, threatened to be safe, and magically armored against the truth. And these decisions are made unaware to keep them safely undisturbed, apart from question and from reason and from doubt. Heaven is chosen consciously. The choice cannot be made until alternatives are accurately seen and understood. So we can't make the choice for heaven until we accurately see there are no other real choices. And that's the moment that I came to. I came to the place where I literally said to all of life, to spirit, to the higher Holy Spirit self, I don't want to choose anything but heaven anymore. I don't want to choose anything else. I don't want my opinions. I don't want these perceptions and projections anymore. I don't want them. They only hurt me. They do not help me. Now, I still find some of them sticky. I still get caught in little spider webs of opinions and judgments. I do. I don't mind saying that. So 
but it doesn't last very long. I'm always saying that now too. So, because I feel it right away. And then I realize, oh, I can choose heaven. Heaven's the only real choice. So for me, it's been so very helpful to have this as the, the practice and to recognize, do I wish to live in illusion? Do I wish to live in illusion? Think of the, the character Gopher in uh, The Matrix who wants to live in the matrix. He wants to have the stake. He wants to be a rock star. It's an illusion. It's not real. Therefore, it's meaningless. But for now, that's what he's choosing. And I think we all do that. But then we realize, okay, no, there is an attraction to truth that I yearn for in my soul. I yearn to be reunited with myself and no longer be split in my mind. I yearn to love and only love, to be my true self, to live in my true identity all the time. I yearn for that. And we have moments of that recognition that that is what we yearn for. And then we can make these decisions. We can make this choice for heaven. Yes, there's no other choice in reality, but in the illusion, it seems like there's a myriad of choice. All decisions but conceal this one by taking many different forms. So just drill down into, think about a moment where you would rather be right about something than choose heaven. Just think about a moment where you've you've made a decision to hold a, a resentment. And you could have heaven, but that resentment, you can't let it go. Not yet, because you do not wish to. And most of us, the things that we hold on to the most tightly are the self-doubt, the self-attack, the lack of self-worth, the self-hatred. But we don't have to figure out how to have great self-esteem. We don't have to figure out how to love ourselves. People ask me all the time, how do I love myself? Just practice kindness. Kindness, kindness, kindness. Always be kind. Always be kind. Now I'm going to go to the text here, chapter 31. So right at the end of the text Section 8, it's called Choose Once Again. Choose Once Again. And it begins this way. Temptation has one lesson it would teach in all its forms wherever it occurs. And essentially the temptation is always just not the truth. The temptation, whatever form it occurs, it's not the truth. And so he says here, Temptation would persuade the Holy Son of God he is a body, born in what must die, unable to escape its frailty, and bound by what it orders him to feel. It sets the limits on what he can do. Temptation does. It sets the limits on what he can do. Its power is the only strength he has. Temptation's power is the only strength he has. His grasp cannot exceed its tiny reach. Would you be this? If Christ appeared to you in all his glory, asking you but this, choose once again if you would take your place among the saviors of the world or would remain in hell and hold your brothers there. For... Christ has come, and Christ is asking this. So, temptation has one lesson it would teach 
in all its forms, wherever it occurs, it would persuade the Holy Son of God he is a body born in what must die, unable to escape its frailty and bound by what it orders him to feel. So we feel what the body makes us feel. Talk about opposites. It sets the limits on what he can do. Its power is the only strength he has. The, ba- the body's power is the only strength we have. The temptations of the body constantly pulling at us. And the body's grasp cannot exceed its tiny reach. Would you be this? If Christ appeared to you in all his glory, asking you but this, choose once again if you would take your place among the saviors of the world or would remain in hell and hold your brothers there. For Christ has come. Christ is asking this. How do you make the choice? How easily is this explained? You always choose between your weakness and the strength of Christ in you. And what you choose is what you think is real. Simply by never using weakness to direct your actions, you have given it no power. And the light of Christ in you is given charge of everything you do. For you have brought your weakness unto Christ. And Christ has given you Christ's strength instead. And then it says, in case we don't already know this, trials are but lessons that you failed to learn, presented once again. So where you made a faulty choice before, you now can make a better one and thus escape all pain that what you chose before has brought you. In other words, When you're born of the Spirit, of the Christ, when you accept that heaven is now, heaven is the choice I'm making now, then the years that the locusts have eaten or appear to have eaten are given back to us. Because we recognize in truth nothing has been lost. So... um, (laughs) You know, it's like, take up your bed and walk. Up, all ye who are heavy laden. You know, get, get into the awareness, the willingness to choose heaven instead of weakness. Mm. So choosing weakness is a habit. It is, it's a habit. Watch for it in your mind. Watch for the habitual thought what my teacher calls concretized thought. I love that. Habitual thought, concretized thought. The thoughts have coagulated to such a degree they feel like concrete. They feel like they're written in stone, but they are not. The Christ is never unavailable, always available. So now going back to Lesson 138, Paragraph 7. So we begin today considering the choice that time was made to help us make. Such is its holy purpose. Now transformed from the intent you gave it, that it be a means for demonstrating hell is real, hope changes to despair, and life itself must in the end be overcome by death. In death alone are opposites resolved, for ending opposition is to die, and thus salvation must be seen as death, for life is seen as conflict. To resolve the conflict is to end your life as well. These mad beliefs can gain unconscious hold of great intensity and grip the mind with terror and anxiety so strong that it will not relinquish its ideas about its own protection, right? Just think about that. Think how convinced we get what our protection is. And when we are trying to protect ourselves, we do not understand that all is one, all is God, 
Everything is for us. Nothing is against us except in our perceptions, in our projections. Because when we're truly willing to see, when we are determined to see, we will see heaven today. And we will see that what is being presented to us that might frighten us and challenge us to our core is going to help us. Think of Jesus on the way to the crucifixion. Had to know the crucifixion would be helpful. Had to know it. Had to know it for sure. Had to know that everything was in alignment. He, he says that that night in the garden when people think I was distressed and I felt abandoned, I, I knew I could not be abandoned. We cannot be abandoned, but we can abandon ourselves. We can seem to abandon God. But that's the thing. Heaven is the only real choice. Therefore, there are no other choices. Let me choose that which is real. I, I wrote one of my, I write a daily inspiration and I record a prayer every day and I send them together. You can subscribe, it's free. Uh, call it my daily shot of spiritual espresso. And I wrote one just the other day, I believe it was May 17th, and I was talking about this prayer that's so valuable to me. May truth be revealed and love prevail. May truth be revealed and love prevail. So helpful to me. Value the truth. Let's value the truth. It sets us free from illusions. A prayer. So grateful and thankful to place my hand in my heart and to know that the truth does indeed set us free. We are already liberated. We are already as holy as holy can be. And so it is. We know this for everyone. Amen, amen, amen. Mwah.